Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, I chose a Glen of Amal because I'm really interested in native Irish breeds in general, as they are in Ireland. I'm a member of the Irish Kennel Club. And they know that it's part of their culture. That's the national heritage thing. And that I really like the idea of understanding purebred dogs as purpose-bred dogs and that history that goes behind them. So Glens were a little-known breed, and they're very old-fashioned, very unchanged, very charming. And uh, they charmed me, and I was smitten. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a, you know... um, big myth of uh, that I believe that it's a myth is that Glen of Amal Terriers are turn spit dogs, which was a labor-saving device to cook big, huge cuts of meat in front of an open fire. But the Glen of Amal is a very small, secluded area in Ireland, which is already an island. And back at the time of this, dogs weren't traveling all around, especially scruffy farm dogs like this. And they're the only dwarf dog in Ireland. So those genes came from somewhere. They probably came back from when Queen Elizabeth was, um, she sent French mercenaries over to try and root root the Irish out. (laughs) And so uh, I don't think that they turned the spit, but I do think that they were used to help extract badgers from their badger den and go through hedgerows to do that Mm -hmm. because in ireland the badgers would be competitive with the food supply you know it's just an all-arounder dog an old-fashioned all-arounder dog well the good qualities i like is they're very intelligent and communicative and hilarious the bad qualities is they're hilarious because they know how to exasperate you and mock you (laughs) and tease you they're very powerful very very powerful and they're very opinionated so uh it's really engaging to have them around but they can be very challenging Uh, to me in a lot of ways are more kind of like people than a lot of the dogs are so it comes with the good and bad they the mistake people make is because they look like you know scruffy little stuffed animals and people say they're not as intense as the other terriers they're not as intense as other as other terriers and being terrier like and that's because there actually aren't that much terrier in them they're all around her dog Mm -hmm. and uh so that's the good and bad are actually the same thing so they're the perfect dog for some people and they are the you know uh, extremely challenging difficult dog for some people well, now it's all over the place because of the internet. So people are thinking that it's what they want. But the people that I'm looking for in particular is I'm a preservation breeder. And um, so the idea of preserving a breed and some of these old-fashioned characteristics is not something I can do by myself. So I uh, would say that sometimes people seek lens at dog shows, but my favorite um, owners came 
found out about Glenn's by seeing him at an Irish festival. Mm -hmm. They're the perfect owners to me. Like, they love all things Irish. (laughs) And they, if you love Irish things and you're used to, like, teasing and mockery, you know, like, the good with the bad that goes along. And they look Irish. They have the expressive eyebrows. Mm -hmm. I have this thing, a picture of Colin Farrell with and without eyebrows. So Mm -hmm. you can see, you know, eyebrows to Irish are very important in terms of giving facial expression and the glens are no exception i've become more interested in the livestock breeding dogs in general uh so i have a kuvas puppy so oh wow so i just this year got one and so i did become very interested in livestock guarding breeds and so i was asked this question two years ago and my answer was a kuvas and i said that a hungarian uh livestock guarding breed was I was very interested in them because not only do they still work to this day, is we've not ever managed to find a man or a machine that can do the job better than a Kuvaz can. So I would say probably looking into those livestock guarding breeds because they do it in different ways. Some of them are sort of nanny breeders. Some of them are territory. They cover this. They look at the sky, how they keep predators away that these dogs are really um you know that job that they were bred for to use their judgment and things like that make them really interesting and different from each other mm-hmm. they're yeah. they're the, like glens and being very intelligent and old you know very true to their original purpose and not a dog for everyone but not as intense the way that a lot of the herding dogs are in terms of their activity level Mm -hmm. but a truly a challenging kind of dog unless you're interested in behavior and reading behaviors and things like that so yeah absolutely well i i guess that i just like to say that in the support of purpose-bred dogs as we go forward with this is it's a big decision on who to add to your life for this amount of time. Our relationship with our dog lasts longer than the average marriage it does. And so I support the idea in general of having people be able to choose something that's predictable rather than picking on what we like the look of. So I kind of will say people come to me with Glenn's and I'm, you know, they want a Glenn and I said, yeah, but you can't trust the lust. It's like, going to a speed date or whatever is you can't choose a breed just because you like the way that they look if you don't know what the behavior to expect that goes along with them and that's the benefit of a purpose-bred dog or a purebred dog is their behavior and size and things like that are a lot more predictable so you can have a better fit which makes people and i've had this breed over 34 years i chose this breed because they're very versatile leveling loving and very loyal Mm-hmm. And could you uh, maybe uh, talk a little bit of a difference in between what the Chesapeake offers compared to, say, other uh, retriever breeds? Um, I can try. I'm not real familiar with a lot of them. Uh, mm-hmm. The Chesapeake offers versatility. They're one of few retrievers that can do a lot of stuff. Show, therapy, hunt, mm-hmm. field. Whereas uh, Labradors, um, their breed actually, their breed actually has split to show, and then the hunt field. The field, yeah. Mm-hmm. So whereas the Chesapeake's have not split off yet. 
yeah. then they don't have any plans of it actually. That's awesome. What are some of the activities that you do with your dogs? The activities we do, we do show. They have handlers. I can't take credit for that. Um, the hunt tests we do. And, um, again, their Aunt Sunny will run Brute Master. So mm-hmm. we do hunt tests. Therapy, we do a lot of therapy. Mm-hmm. And even though COVID's going on, we I have a um, mattress downstairs, and we work on our therapy all the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, they also have done dock diving, which mm-hmm. they like. And um, just pretty much chill out with the family. Mm-hmm. So when we have a litter of puppies, we actually um, – we had a wait list for Bruton Salem's puppies of 19 males and 13 females. Uh, our ideal home would be, I like to hear that they're family. Mm-hmm. So that's really things that I listen to. Uh, I also like that people know how to hunt or they do outdoor activities. And the big thing is they're just part of the family, you know, and I tell uh, people who get our puppies, that they are extended family. My responsibility to my pups don't end when they leave the door. It ends when these dogs are 13 and pass away. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'd still be there. But um, that's when our, that's what I tell people. So we're looking really for people that think these dogs are family. We put a lot of love and care for them. These puppies are raised in the room across from our bedroom. They're raised in the house. They constantly have hands-on with people coming and going, our family. So, um, you know, and we have dogs from Maine to Alaska, puppies out there. Awesome. And I don't ship my dogs. So I fly my puppies personally. I go with my pups to the new owners. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Because we've put so much love into these puppies. mm -hmm. They are family. So we, um, you know, I fly them out to their new owners. And, you know, their new owners can fly here and I'll meet them at the airport and we talk. Mm -hmm. But um, usually how it works is they'll pay for a ticket to fly out there, my ticket, and then um, a hotel room for the night. And then... um, they come to the hotel and they pick up the puppy and then, you know, we send them off with, I'm a master quilter. So I send them off with a, a baby quilt that, you know, I've made and an angel and all sorts of stuff. I usually give like Chesapeake books and, uh, toys and they get dog food, puppy food, and they get sent with puppy pads and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. My daughter, Susanna Toy, <laughs> she's came in. <laughs> yeah, so we, you know, it's, and usually I make a bag that we put everything into. So they get sent home with quite a bit. I mean, they're very well loved. And, you know, if they're born, like, <laughs> if they're born, that's my daughter, Savannah. Mm-hmm. The one I was telling you about, the bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she cries when the puppies leave. But, you know, we have such amazing homes. And usually we have 25, 30 applications we go through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had one litter that was uh, in November they left. And I made stockings for them and angels. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, plus their quilts and everything else. Oh. You know, I saw 
at a um, dog show mm-hmm. and I went to pick up Brew. It, I think it was a Russian retriever. Okay. And from what I could see, it was black and it looked like it had curls. It was amazing. I was like, if I didn't have chest peaks, that's the dog I would get. It was just big and beautiful. And I asked one of the handlers because she came by me and I asked permission to pet him. Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah, he was so soft. And mm-hmm. I was talking to her about the breed and she said they were just great. Mm-hmm. They were just wonderful dogs. So that and a sheep dog. Okay. I love sheep dogs. Yeah. They're just beautiful. How about a uh, a small small dog? What if you had to I'm choose not one? Really, if I had to choose one, I'd say an Australian Shepherd. But we have them on the ranch. Okay. We have healers. Okay. They're smart. They open and shut our gates. Right. I mean, they're just really smart dogs. They even sit on our horses when we're riding. So mm-hmm. they'll sit in the saddle. Yeah. So I think if I had to have a small dog that I've never had, I think a Scotty, the there black Scotty. There you go. Those are adorable. Yeah. They have well, beards. Uh-huh. They're pretty cute. Well, that's pretty much for, for me. Uh, any last words? No, I just... Um, I think if people are going to get involved with Chesapeake's, make sure you have a mentor. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, my advice to everybody, regardless of the breed, is if people tell you they have health clearances and stuff, just make sure you see the paperwork. Mm-hmm. You know, um, any breeder should uh, be okay with that. Um, you know, or ask them for an OFA link and things like that, because mine are up there. And a lot of breeders are up there. A lot of Chesapeake breeders are up there also. Right. So, but I would say just make sure you get health clearances. Right. Absolutely. You know, it's, that's the important thing. And then, you know, see what the commitment is. And, um, you know, uh, if I need help, are you going to be there to help me? Mm-hmm. Or does my, your commitment end once I leave? Mm-hmm. You know, that'd be my thing. Because, you, you know, no matter which type of dog you have you want to make sure that you have uh somebody there to help you if you have questions and i tell everybody they have my cell phone you know text me anytime and they do Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's okay because if i don't know the answer you better believe i'm calling somebody to find out the answer or i call my vet even yeah yeah we've had the same vet for nine years since we moved out here Mm -hmm. And she's from uh, Dr. Heimel out in Banfield, Nisquash. She's from uh, Minnesota, and she knows Chesapeake's really well. Oh, that's cool, yeah. Yeah, and she has she she has seen uh, Brutus, Lily, and Osiris, and then she has seen Lily's puppies and Salem's puppies. So it's really nice because she's, you know, she sees them. And um, so I don't do do claws. My vet does them. Mm-hmm. And she microchips them, and they get their shots from the vets. Cool. So before any puppy leaves this house, they are microchipped. Mm-hmm. And I'm on their secondary in case they can't get a hold of their owners. Yep, for sure. So, yeah. I guess my last piece of advice to anybody that has a dog, I would make sure you get insurance on your dogs. Mm-hmm. Because you never know what's going to happen. Right. And there's, there's affordable insurance out there. Mm-hmm. I can send you one of Brutus's handler at the show. Yeah, that'd be, yeah. that's where it all started. People saw him at the show, and uh, 
that's why we had a wait list of 19 males and 13 females. They're wow. like, wow. it was crazy. I was like, are you kidding me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he really is a nice dog. We love him very much. And yeah. he's big. He's a big guy. He looks big and he's, but he is the gentlest person you'll ever, gentlest dog you'll ever meet. <laughs> cool. But sure, I'll send you pictures. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bruce uh, up here laying down. That's <laughs> what he's playing with this toy. So this guy, he's actually brutal. Uh, he's at the top of his standards, but weight wise, he's like 90 pounds. Uh-huh. So you can't wick at a Chesapeake, which means you cannot measure them because they are so different size shape and everything uh-huh. so that's one rule in show you can't wake at a chesapeake ace and you know they're just so playful too that's mm-hmm. something i should have said chesapeakes are very playful mm-hmm. they're just not all business they know how to relax right but yeah so you can't go wrong with them and they're great i mean they're great with kids too yeah and my other 22 year old's got two of them okay cool so she's got Brute's uh, son, and then she's got Osiris's son. So, but yeah, and you know, she, you know, when you've got younger kids or younger couples, I mean, you need some dog that's going to bark if there's something out there. You know, so yeah. with her having Twinkle and Junior, and his name is Junior because he looks like Brute. So she named him Junior because he's going to be a big boy, too. But, you know, when you have these dogs that will bark to protect you, I mean, hearing them bark, they have such a deep bark. Mm -hmm. And it'll scare people off from breaking in. Like, Mm -hmm. Brute, I think I've heard him growl in his almost four years, maybe three times. Mm -hmm. And he has, like, a very deep rumble from hell. Mm, I bet. Their loyalty... The uh, hardiness, the toughness of them, and they're just a, the intelligence. Mm-hmm. Okay, they've done, my own is herding, frisbee, um, obstacle stuff. We're waiting, hopefully with COVID getting, we are going to try to drive the 150 miles to do a couple of the dock diving, see how they do. Mm-hmm. But the puppies that I've placed, um, most of them are in herding situations mm-hmm. on cattle ranches. Um, the cell barn, one guy is using them when he works at the cell barn to bring cattle and stuff up. I have a couple that um, just hike with them. Mm-hmm. Have they're, got them just to be hiking dogs. Yeah. Um, but I'd say 90% of the puppies that I have placed have basically been herding dogs. Mm-hmm. I have one that a police officer has that they're going to work on police dog things. Um, I don't know how, so far they love them. I have one that was just, you know, basically a pet on a herding on a ranch. And so Mm -hmm. they, they sent me a video of them working cows. And then the next video he was fixing his roof and the dog climbed the ladder and got onto the roof with him. So (laughs) they're pretty much, you know, pretty, pretty much able to one's going to start doing the obedience trials Mm -hmm. one lady wants to do the fast cat so hopefully here soon if covid lets up we'll see them doing you know more more thing more activities right we can see what they're doing Mm -hmm. um they kind of think for themselves Mm -hmm. Uh, like they 
are looking, they're they they're able able to call them off, um, but they will go get them, but they will be able to be called off as well, mm-hmm. because you want them to be able to stop as well as send them in. Um, they're pretty much independent thinkers. Um, I'll have one dog that will work one side when we're get, trying to get them in a gate and they're trying to go off somewhere. And that other pup kind of sees that and goes on the other side and will drive them in. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is their thinking ability. They just naturally know what to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then we just teach them, hey, down and stay, basically. Mm-hmm. Walk up. So, and and they can get aggressive if they need to. If um, we had one little bull that was just, he was just kind of naughty. And, you know, the dog was not afraid of him at all and got in there and got him. And now when that bull sees them come, he kind of knows, hey, I better, I better pay attention here and, mm-hmm. and go where they tell me because they're not going to back off. Mm-hmm. Um. I always liked the Burmese mountain dog. I don't know why. Okay. I always liked them. And I know that they, they're plagued with health problems and mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. But I've never had one of those. And I just have always really kind of liked them, you know. Yeah. I don't, I just thought they're just kind of a, they just look like they have this sweet face, you mm-hmm. know. And I'm not a real fan of, probably because where I live and what we do, but I'm not a real fan of, itty bitty dogs i'm always afraid they're going to get stomped on mm-hmm. or run over or something but so that's like the other spectrum they're pretty big dogs <laughs> yeah yeah i like dachshunds i did have a dachshund as a kid i like those you know yeah so but i don't know i've just never been a real i i have a corgi and they're little dogs but they just <laughs> mm-hmm. they don't act like little dogs right they're still in the herding division you know mm-hmm. they are i swear though they got to be the hardest headed dogs there are yeah i bet they don't listen for nothing <laughs> <laughs> right well is there any last words anything you'd like to convey or no i just think that the cattle dog if you like a intelligent dog that can think for themselves they are the ones i mean i have this one puppy, he is so smart. He took, and the ball went underneath the couch, right? Mm-hmm. He went and got the stick, put the stick under the couch, and flushed the ball out. Now, I think that's pretty smart. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Very smart. I chose the Oxflush dog um, because of its general appearance. Um, at first, they're beautiful. Um they're very um, tall and big and white and just overall regal appearance to them. Um, the characteristics I liked is, you know, that, they, that they're doing their guarding job almost as pups. Um, you know, they naturally have these guardian type instincts and characteristics that are true to the breed um, right away. And I, it's amazing. Um, and that's what led me to them. I have to say I was a skeptic at first, you know, with, with if a dog could do that, just having different breeds of dogs. But they are true to their characteristics and true to their guardian, guardian capabilities and, and, and being good, you know, 
protective dogs for my livestock and um, for my kids. They've been awesome with my children, too. Most of my puppies are guarding um, goats, sheep. Um, what else? I think that's mainly what I can remember that they're guarding. Um, I have one that has a donkey or two and um, a horse, but mainly they're sheep and goats all mixed in that pen. Um, and they have three of my pups. So they use the dogs in separate pens um, mm-hmm. with different goats and sheep. Uh, I have one that is in Oklahoma, the one that alerted to the barn fire. They have goats. Um, what else? I try to keep in contact with most of them. Oh, you know, I have one that um, he's going to be guarding ducks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Muscovy and Cayuga ducks. Um so he, you know, it's going to take a little bit longer. I, I tell people, you know, really monitor that because they are more than capable of doing it. But, you know, they those chickens and ducks are just chew toys to them, and they're loud and squawky, and they flop their wings. Like, those are just fun things to catch and go after. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, you know, they need to be monitored with those that type of animal um, pretty closely. Now, that particular dog is six months, and uh, they are just beyond amazed at how well he is with the ducks. Mm-hmm. So at a very young age, they do learn quickly. Um, that particular dog does not have a scent, so he's being um, kept in that property with a shot collar, mm-hmm. and then when he's not being watched, he's put in a separate pen. Um, so... You know, he's learning his boundaries and he's learning who he's bonding with and he's doing, hasn't had no problems with the ducks at all. So that's a great success for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, most of my customers come to me already having a lot of research behind them. I have mm-hmm. to give them credit for that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do, you know, ask questions, but for the most part, they have done their research and I guess if you're coming to someone who has Oxwash dogs, you've done some research yep. because they're not commonly known. Um, so I, you know, I know a lot of breeders will say I just refuse to sell to them or I do a lot of um, an interview and I turn away potential buyers. You know, in my limited experience, I have noticed that if any buyer comes to me in a situation to where they you know, live in a track house and have a small backyard and they're potentially interested in Oxwash dogs because they had a friend who had one or whatever. I do not deter those individuals. Um, I talk to them. We talk. They come to my farm and they look at my dogs and they see what my dogs do. And then usually they choose another dog, mm-hmm. you know, um, they, what I've noticed is they're, they're more than capable of doing that. Um, now I don't just start from the beginning saying the Aquas dog is not going to work for you, does not need to be in that environment, will not work because that's not true. Um, they have worked and they might work if that individual is willing to, you know, put in the time and effort, um, to make this dog a pet in a small environment. Now, ideally, 
as a breeder, I do not want my dogs going into that environment because I feel like it's asking a lot of them. But I do know that also they could be happy there too. So there's a flip side to it. Mm -hmm. But I think that people are reasonable, right? I mean, they come and they look at it and they see what's going on and how big this dog is. Mm -hmm. And it's a working dog and it was bred to be that. And I, they have a level of respect for this dog. Um, and they look at it and, you know, I've had people themselves not choose to get a puppy, mm-hmm. you know, because they're, they're not set up in a way to make the life of this dog successful. And so, you know, I haven't had to turn individuals away. But that's my limited experience. Yeah. Um, I have people who come to me. Man, they have research behind them, you know, mm-hmm. and we can just sit and talk about these dogs and they'll ask me questions. We'll go out to the pen and, and look at them and see what they do, where they're at, what their environment's like, um, you know, talk about success stories that, that I've had with these amazing dogs and and go from there. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, my first litter, you're nervous, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like... Uh, you know, I know what these dogs can do, but are are these individuals going to respect that also and use the dogs for what they're me- meant to be used for? And are the dogs going to be successful? Am I breeding a quality animal? Like, I know what I look for in breed standard and characteristics in my breeding pair, but are their offspring going to also have that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, 100% of the time, they have, thankfully, in two litters. Um <clears throat> and, you know, the, like the barn fire story, the mountain lion story. Um, I have a brother and sister pair that went to guard Kiko goats in southern Arizona. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a phenomenal job. You know, if I don't hear from people, I'm always here as a breeder. You know, yeah. I'm here to offer help or guidance in any way. Um, I, I also offer to take my dogs back if they don't work. I will take, you know, do not put them in a in a situation where they are in a rescue or a pound or a humane society, um, I will always take my dogs back. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had to. So, I mean, that's success for me. Mm-hmm. And if I don't hear from the owners, I take that as a good thing. Um, typically, I check in with them every once in a while. Uh, and the dogs are doing amazing. Awesome. You know, so we're, we're thankfully having good success mm-hmm. with what we're producing. Oh, the Irish Wolfhound. The Irish Wolfhound, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my neighbor has one, and hers is a light-colored mm-hmm. cream color, yes. I've always loved them and how they're, just their overall appearance. Um, and she has one. And they're not scary, right? They kind of mm-hmm. look scary, so yeah. you want that intimidating, scary dog, and they're super sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've always been interested in that breed. How about a, a, a on the flip side a small dog? Oh, a small dog. Hmm. So I'm always thinking like how they how they would perform. Right, they're gonna do a job when they're on my farm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've got Corgis, Vinnyazis, and Aquas, um, and they all have a job to do. I've had poodles and lots of octos before. Um, I've had, my mom has a Yorkie. I've been around Yorkies, like all the typical ones. You know, okay, one of the people who owned one of my Oxbox dogs, who, who has them now in Skull Valley, mm-hmm. he raises these terriers, and I can't remember what they're called, 
that they hunt. Like, um, oh, they're crazy. They're like crazy little hunters. Are they uh, As, Patterdales or Yog Terriers, Jag Terriers? They're from another country. And it's really a weird name. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to ask him. Are they, what color are they? I think they're black. It's probably a Yog Terrier from Germany, J-A-G-D. Yeah, that might be what it is. Yeah, yeah, they are extremely crazy and tough. Yeah, that's what he said. And I was just like, and you're going to have an Aquash? Like, I mean, are they going to try to fight the Aquash? Because that's not going to go over well. But I, man, he said that that Aquash dog is doing awesome. Um, so I was happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they have those terriers. And he was telling me stories about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I could get one of those to hunt rats or something here. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> they probably hunt things I'm not wanting them to hunt. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah.